And because of what Jesus did on the cross, I accept that unto me, I get his righteousness, I get his holiness, and because of Jesus' performance on my behalf, I am free to honor God in my life. You're listening to a sermon preached by Pastor Bogdan Kipko. For more content that will fuel your faith, please visit www.kipco.net. I think all of us love stories or illustrations. I think all of us learn better that way. Um, Object lessons make a story come alive. Object lessons make a story come um, more, more of an, in an understanding way. And God is one of the, is the greatest storyteller. So God tells stories. God's, the Bible, the scriptures is, is one big story pointing to, to Jesus Christ. And so the title of today's message is The Torn Curtain, Matthew 27 verses uh, verse 51, and at the moment when Jesus Christ died on the cross, God gave us one of the most dramatic illustrations or, or object lessons in the Bible when it comes to the curtain in the temple, sometimes called the veil, when this curtain that blocked people from coming in to, to see God and only allowed the, holy, the, the high priest to come in there, God tore the curtain from top to bottom and he gave us access to himself through Jesus Christ. And no one dreamed such a thing could happen. The Jewish people never even thought to go beyond the curtain. And yet God, in his great object lesson, teaches us, shows us in his love that we can have access directly to God. So as we look at Matthew 27, verses 51, here is what the gospel writer is saying. It's a very simple verse. It's a very simple text, but it has profound implications for your life and for my life. And here's what it says. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. And so what does it mean for you and for me, the torn curtain. What does it mean for you and for me and for our everyday life? The first thing that I want to pay attention to is there is a barrier that is removed. God removes a barrier that existed for many, many years. And God wanted all to know that anyone can come to him by coming through his son as typified by the veil itself. And when the veil was torn, Jesus was crucified. So God wanted to show Everyone that you don't need anyone to allow you to have access to God other than Jesus Christ. God opened the door. God removed the, the barrier that existed for so many years. And if you think about the Jewish temple, the Jewish temple basically typified don't come near to God. That's what the Jewish temple was all about. There was a holy place in there. There was then a holy of holies. Only high priests could go in there on a particular day, on a particular time, dressed in a particular way. All of the things about the Jewish temple basically said, do not go in here. You do not have access to God. Somebody else has to do that. And so what God does is he comes over and he removes this barrier. He says, come to me through my son, Jesus Christ. And so 
When we talk about the, the whole Jewish temple and the system, it screamed, stay away, do not come near me, you're not qualified to come on your own. It was almost like the temple was a big giant roadblock that told people, you most likely will never get to God. But all of that changes with Jesus Christ. Now when we talk about this curtain, right, the torn curtain, why is it important? What does it have to do with communion today? When we think of, the, when we think of curtains in general, we might think of some curtains that are hanging up in our house or in our bedroom or in our living room. But this particular curtain that was torn was not any ordinary curtain. It was nothing like maybe you've never seen before. It was nothing that hangs in our homes or even in, in churches today. This particular curtain, it's talked about in Exodus chapter 26, 31. And it says that it was a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, finely twisted linen with cherubim. writers say that it was 60 feet long, 20 feet wide, and woven to the thickness of a man's hand, so about 40 inches. So 60 feet long, 20 feet wide, about 4 inches in, in depth. And some historians say that it would take up to 300 men to lift this curtain. So as you can see, it was not uh, torn asunder by people. It was torn by God himself. And the reason is because it was torn from the top down, signifying the fact that God is now allowing people to come into his presence through the blood that was shed on the cross by his son, Jesus Christ. And the whole point of the, the curtain was to say that God was holy and people were sinners. And there was no way that you and I can have access to him. But then Jesus Christ removes this. And God dwelled in the Holy of Holies, men dwelled on the outside, and it shut men out of God's holy presence. And full access to God was never possible until Jesus Christ. This is why the torn curtain means so much for you and for me. And even today, okay, if you visit Jerusalem, you will find where the temple stood walled off because the Orthodox Jews forbid people to go in that area. Why? Because they don't know exactly where the Holy of Holies was. And so, so that people don't make a mistake and come into there, they basically closed off this entire area. They still do not wish people to have direct access to God. And so what happens is, on the cross, sin is finally judged. All of us sinned. All of us came short of the glory of God. God judged Jesus on behalf. Jesus gave holiness and the curtain is torn open from top to bottom and we now have access to God and God says welcome into my family we don't need a priesthood we don't need veils the way to God is open I talk a lot with people during the weekend I always talk about Jesus church uh, just kind of talking about hey where's your relationship with God and as you and I know we often invite people to church. We invite people to come to a community group. We invite people to come into the community of God. And sometimes, not always, this is what I hear from people who I'm inviting to church. They're basically saying to me, why are you inviting me to church? You just want someone to come to church. All you want to do is just to see people there. You just want someone to come to a community group. You probably have something in the back of your mind that the reason why you're inviting people. And what I always try to tell people is if you 
Take that scenario for a minute. If you personally knew of, of, of how great it is of something so amazing, so magnificent, so marvelous that can change your life, give you a purpose for your life, so that something that gives you hope in your life, wouldn't you be telling everyone about it? If you found out that one of the local banks in our area is giving out free money, you found that out, no strings attached, show up, you'll get a bunch of free money. Would you not be on your phone blowing up your contacts, telling everybody about it? Hey, there's free money here. Let's come over as a group to get as much as possible. What if somebody told you that Costco is giving out free groceries? Okay, every single day free groceries. Would you not tell people about it? Would you not get on your phone, like calling people or texting, be like, hey, go there, bring a truck. You can get as much as you want, anything you want, free groceries. People would love you for that, right? You would always be remembered as the guy who told people that there's free groceries or free money. Now, this is not even an argument. Of course we would tell people that. Now, what if you found out that Apple was giving away free iPhones? Even if you don't like Apple, which you can repent of that later. But even if you, if you found out that Apple was giving away free iPhones, no strings attached, you don't even have to wait in line. There's, there'd be just... Come in there and get a free phone. Wouldn't we be excited? Wouldn't we be like telling other people about it? All those three illustrations are completely fine. We're like, yeah, we probably would. But what makes the church of Jesus different? The fact that God offers people hope and salvation and a purpose in their life and a value for their life. And what people do is they try all sorts of different pleasures, all sorts of different experiences, and their heart continues to remain empty until the void in their heart is filled by God. And that's exactly what God does on the cross in Jesus. The, the curtain is torn from top to bottom. The barrier is completely removed. Now, my question to you and to me, the more practical aspect of this point is, if God removes all the barriers, okay, he gives you access to himself, he allows Jesus to die on the cross, if he does all of that, what artificial barriers are you personally creating in your life right now? And I've said this before, that every time we come up with an excuse of why our relationship with Jesus is not where it should be, whatever it is that we say, that excuse, it's just a big white flag that you're waving and you're saying to people, speak the gospel into my life in that particular scenario. And so the first point from this text is that the barrier is removed. We have direct access to God. Now, not only is the barrier removed, but a road has been opened. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 and 20 says the following. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places of the blood, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. The author of Hebrews basically using an illustration saying that God opened us for us a way through the curtain, that is through the flesh of Jesus. So basically, the curtain being torn from top to bottom is an illustration of Jesus being torn as in Jesus going to the cross, dying for you and for me. So the, the curtain is torn, Jesus is torn so that you and I can be made whole. Are you guys with me? This is the point of the gospel, that the curtain is a great dramatic illustration of the length that God goes to when he unleashes his wrath on his son Jesus so that you and I can have a life. That's pretty much what the gospel is. And so the road is now opened. We have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. So you personally have confidence 
Because of the blood of Jesus, to enter into any situation that you have going on, whether you're going through a relational issue, physical issue, financial, psychological, whatever it is that you're going through right now, you have a boldness and a confidence to enter into that because the barrier has been removed, the road has been opened, and you are a child of the living God. And if you have God on your side, there's nothing else that you need. So I want us to understand that today, in the situation that you're going through that you think it's almost impossible to get through, God has made a way, and you need to step into it with faith, with confidence, with boldness. This is why Jesus went to the cross. Now, when we talk about a road opened, uh, we talk about a privilege, right? Uh, And a privilege is basically an advantage that somebody has over another person. I'll never forget a time in my life when I basically realized what caste system or class structure I belong to in, in the world, in the culture of society. And so we live in the Western world and we think that, you know, it's equal opportunity for everyone and everybody has access to everything they want, but absolutely not. If you've ever flown on an airplane, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. The airplane is created And the different seats in the airplane are created specifically so you can know what class structure you fall into. And if you've ever flown, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So a few months ago, I was flying and I'm walking into the the airplane and I'm all excited. You know, I got my travel gear with me. I'm pumped. I'm stoked about my trip. Come into the plane, and as you know, you walk in where the pilot is sitting into the, through the cockpit area with the front of the plane, and then you kind of start walking through. And then when I walked in there, what do you walk through first? What class is that? First class, right? It's the baller class. People are drinking champagne, clinking glasses. I don't even know what that is, but they're doing that, and they're just having a good time. And so basically, the, 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 the distance between through first class and coach is just the longest road you could possibly take. That is the moment when people realize who you are and basically whether you have made it in life or not. Maybe you haven't thought of it scientifically like I did, but you better believe it, I thought of this through. And so as I'm walking through, kind of like I don't have that kick in my step, I'm not as excited because I'm realizing after the periphery of the first class, there comes a thing called coach, and I'm no longer going to be in here. Even the air smells better in there. It's almost like I'm walking on, you know, water or something and I, until I reach coach and everything becomes to look like reality. And so this is not over yet. So as I'm going in there, I'm halfway through first class and I'm kind of like, you know, trying to take my time a little bit and like, you know, oh yeah, I, uh, oh hey, I, I like this, uh, these headphones you're using. People are like, what are you talking about? You know, like if you're not sitting here, you can't even talk to me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, walking through and I see the stewardess. And she has a platter that she's holding. And on top of the platter is just beautiful bottles of fresh designer water. And now if you know me, I love bottled water. I I just, I love collecting it. It's just amazing. And so she has this platter and she's giving out little, small, little itsy bitsy bottles of water to every single person in first class. And so me being the confident person that I am, I'm basically telling her, oh, is that water? And she's like, yes, it is. And I'm like, can I have one? And it's almost as if the entire first class passengers froze. 
Everybody got off their iPhones. Everybody clicked off their Bose sound-canceling headphones, and they want to see what's going to happen next. And what she said, I'll never forget, scarred for life. She turns around to me and says, you know what? This water is only for first-class passengers. At that moment, I realized that I haven't made it in life. And I realized that I need to continue walking through. And so she didn't give me any water, and, she and all the people were drinking their water in front of me and being so happy, and I'm like, whatever, you don't know Jesus. Um, <laughs> and so as, as, I, as I walk through, and I, and, I, and I sit in my coach seat, and I get the aisle, and, and, I'm, and I have to wait now for at least 30 to 45 minutes for the regular uh, coach service to get my Dasani bottle of water to come to me, I begin to think, and I'm realizing, Wow, what a caste system, what a structure that our society has created. We have created all these different classes and privileges and entrances and accesses and people have cards that they only have access to something and there's all these places and don't even try to go to a VIP lounge in the airport because if you don't have that frequent fly a mile card, forget about it, right? You'll have to sleep on the, on the three chairs that are right there with the, with the handles. And so why am I telling you all of this? There's a reason for that. The reason for that is this. In Jesus Christ, the road to God has been opened up. You and I here, regardless of whether we fly first class or coach, business or not, regardless of our socioeconomic status, we have direct access to God through Jesus Christ. We have that privilege. We can go to God directly anytime. We don't need to pay more for the ticket because Jesus paid it all already. As long as we go in the name of Jesus, claiming that nothing but the blood of Jesus is the only ground of admission. And the point is that Jesus was torn so that you and I can be made whole. That's the point. That's the only way, if you look at life, it's the only way it's going to make sense. And so when we live in our world, we sometimes know that you know, you read, you go to Forbes and you read a list of the most influential people. We got Warren Buffett, we got Mark Zuckerberg, and trust me, when Mark Zuckerberg or Warren Buffett calls somebody, they pick up the phone. Have you ever tried to call the President of the United States of America? Have you ever tried to do that? Most likely, unless I don't know something about you, we're going to have a difficult time getting through. But other people have direct access, no problem. They even have their cell phone numbers on speed dial. But the great thing about you and me is that regardless of whether we, where we can go or where we cannot go, we have access to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we can come into that with confidence. So whatever situation that you're going through right now, you can go through that with confidence, knowing that you can access God through the blood of Jesus. You have instant access to the throne of God. And not only that, not only do we have access and the road has been opened, but we also have a hope that has been uh, confirmed. A hope that has been confirmed. And this is a great verse. It's also written in Hebrews. It says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters the inner place behind the curtain. And so the point is that we have this hope, we have this anchor that is lodged very firmly. And do you know when you ultimately, when an anchor is tested on a ship, when the anchor is placed into the water and there's a storm brewing and the boat doesn't go anywhere, that's when the anchor is tested. 
And so the point is that any situation that you and I are going through, we have a hope that has been confirmed that we will get through whatever it is that we're going through because Jesus did. So today, this is my main message that the torn curtain is a message of encouragement. It's a message of hope. It's a message of inspiration that regardless of what has happened in your life, God loves you. God loves you. And we sing this amazing song where we talk about that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. And the second verse from the same song uses words that they borrowed from Hebrews chapter 6, and it says, When darkness seems to hide its face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. And the chorus declares this glorious truth. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And this is the good news for you and for me if we're like the person in Mark 9.24 where he said, I believe but help my unbelief. A hope confirmed. All of us struggle often with a guilty conscience. All of us have done things that have been sinful in the eyes of God. We have, even this past week, we've said things we should not have. We've done things we should not have done. We've thought the wrong thoughts. We've done the wrong deeds. And coming to church on Sunday, all of those things might be playing like a movie in your mind. And it's basically Satan is trying to tell you, you don't deserve the blood of Jesus. Satan is a liar and a deceiver. You don't deserve it, but Jesus loved you so much that he went to that cross. And so whatever your conscience is trying to tell you right now and say that you are not worthy, you don't deserve it, there's so many things you, would, you, sh you should not have done, you are no longer worthy of God's love, that is a lie. And so when and what Jesus did for us, it's not about us being good enough, it's about Jesus being good. And Jesus forgives of our, all of our sins, past, present, and future. And I hope that encourages us. And so as long as our Christian faith depends on us, we're in trouble. But if our faith depends on Jesus Christ, we have a hope that even our shame cannot erase. And that's the great thing about Jesus in the torn curtain, that in the split second, the veil of the temple rips from top to bottom. The earth begins to shake. The rocks split. Tombs open. Out of the tombs come resurrected people. And God is saying that this is victory. And so I want us to be encouraged this afternoon that Jesus is good, He is victorious. And regardless of the wrong things we have done, God forgives us in His Son, Jesus. And we can walk away out of here with boldness and confidence. Because the Bible says, now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Your sins have been forgiven. The thing you're thinking of right now that's the worst thing you have ever done, Jesus forgave you. Jesus went to the cross and his blood covers all of the sin. You no longer need another priest to go to. You can go straight to Jesus. And maybe right now it's possible for you to feel such a great weight of sin that you would wonder if Jesus would ever receive you. And here's the point, and I'm going to close with this, that the cross reveals the great heart of God and that heart is filled with love. And when Jesus died... God the Father preached a sermon without words when he tore the curtain from top to bottom. It, would, it was God's way of saying, you're welcome into my family. I forgive you. 
the blood of Jesus covers all of your sin. Welcome into my family, live for me, worship me, and that is how you're going to experience joy and pleasure in your life. And the thing is this, you and I might be great sinners, but Jesus is even a greater Savior. Thank you for listening to this message by Bogdan Kipko. If you would like to get more information about Pastor Bogdan's ministry, please visit www.kipko.net.